0: Hi, welcome to Parenting Trap, Episode 9, where Alex and I discuss effective limit setting with children. Hi, Barbara, how are you? Hi, I'm good, Alex. Good. Um,
1: I, we have a fun uh, episodes planned today.
0: Yeah, a kind of a sort of continuation, but not entirely. So, um, we talked about in episode seven about two year olds. And I remember um, we touched a lot on like supporting our children emotionally and making sure that they, that um, we we're sort of there. Uh, their emotional safe space, and it's okay for your child to be upset. Um, but what I really wanted to also touch on, because it occurred to me after the fact, we had didn't talk about this. Um, it's kind of two parts. And if you want to go back and listen to that, uh, it's a great episode, but this also kind of stands on its own. Um, but I thought it would be important to mention that it's important not to create arbitrary rules for your children, no matter the age. And also, Make sure that you're setting limits that you can enforce. So don't set arbitrary limits, set limits that you can actually enforce. Yes. So, um, and that yeah. goes for any age, but it's certainly relevant to this two-year-old <laughs> to, oh, <laughs> to, yeah. certainly relevant to that episode as well. Yes. So yeah. what's an arbitrary rule? Okay, that's a great question. An arbitrary rule might be um you're at the door and you need to get going and um you say, Okay, come on, let's get on your shoes, and your kid's going, No, I'm not
1: yet on my of shoes.
0: And you're like, Oh, come on, we always get on our shoes before we go. And maybe your kids never had an issue with that. Maybe you struggle to get shoes on all the time. Um, do you really need shoes on? Like, does your child need shoes? It's it's um maybe not something that you need to get into the car seat. You can put them in your pocket or you can stick them in your bag and you can get in the car and, or the stroller and take them with you. And when your kid's ready to get shoes on, put shoes on. So
1: my kids notoriously, uh, hate shoes and prefer (laughs) to go barefoot everywhere. So, um, I don't even ask anymore. I pretty much, we just go to the car with no shoes. And when we get to the destination, then they want them, they're happy to put them on because, uh, usually we go to somewhere where they need to wear shoes, like, um, well, restaurants and, and playgrounds, uh, I mean, playgrounds are open now, but rest, well, I guess everything's kind of opening up, but, um, (laughs) when things used to be open, we couldn't go in certain places without shoes. Um, so, so yeah, we just get in the car without the shoes and put them on when we get there.
0: Yeah. That's a great, great solution. Yeah, it is.
1: And it really, it cuts back on the fighting. Everyone's happier. It's so nice
0: yeah 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 that makes sense. I know, um just uh kind of another anecdotal story when um I was on a walk with my nearly two year old pretty recently he's also very anti shoe and um he took a step off into a little bit of like the side of the um, sidewalk, and um, he just kind of froze. And I was like, "What's wrong?" And I I said, and he, I picked him up, and he had all these prickers in the bottom of his foot. It was really, oh. like, oh! And he he was just like, "Hurt, hurt!" And I took out the the prickers in the bottom of his foot. And now, when I go out to areas that I think might hurt his feet. I mean, that was the sidewalk. I wasn't expecting it at all. I say, Oh, we should get your shoes on. I don't want you to hurt your feet. Um, if it's something that I, I know can be a terrain that's kind of tough on the feet. And now he's like really happy to like readily get his shoes on. So that's like one of those natural consequences. I mean, I would never set up a situation where my child's foot would get, <laughs> I would never mm. want that for my child. It's certainly not something that I was happy about, but when I remind him that he can hurt his feet now, it's very, uh, it's on his mind and he's um, very, very happy to get his shoes on. So um, yeah. yep. that's
1: that was a learning experience. Yeah. 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 We went through a phase where, um, my oldest hated pajamas and now we're actually back there. He went through a phase where he hated them and then he liked them and now he hates them. But when he was really young, um we uh my partner at the time did not want him to go to bed without pajamas. And I kept saying, just let it go. Like who cares? <laughs> yeah. Can who cares sleep without pajamas? And he actually prefers it now that he's older. So that might have just been that might just be a preference.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, I don't know why parents, um, get, or, uh, any sort of caretaker gets so obsessed with sort of creating these rules. Like we think it's important for some reason, but, um, you know, it's like really, I mean, a lot of these are clothing that we're talking about, but this extends anywhere. Um, when you create a power struggle with your child about something like that, it, um, it kind of creates this it's gonna it's gonna possibly get worse and worse every time too. So it can escalate and once you start to let it go, you realize one how silly it is and and two, how um how much just your day goes smoother with your child, your child's so much happier, you're so much happier, and um, yeah. yeah. So when
1: okay. when you have rules that are important cuz wearing shoes does need to be a thing sometimes or some things you can't do without shoes. Yeah. Um it's easier when we explain why and when we do that sometimes we can get creative with the solution. So like wearing shoes from the house to the car might be arbitrary and unnecessary and then when you get to the location then it's necessary, and the kid is more likely to cooperate. Um, so explaining all the rules when you set them, explaining why they're rules, is very helpful. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that's great. That's great because then your kid might go, "Oh yeah, I do want to go into the restaurant, and this is the way to go into the restaurant." Um, and well, and
1: sometimes they come up with a creative solution too. So. Um, if you say, well, this is why we don't do it. And the kid might say, well, this, what if we do that instead? And they might surprise you and uh, giving them that autonomy, like the reasons, and then some autonomy behind it is awesome.
0: That's a great point. Yeah. Um, mm. I love that. Mm, perfect.
1: Yeah. Feel perfect. validated and heard.
0: And heard. Yes. Yeah. And in the event that um, your child is, still doesn't want to say um, put on their shoes and you guys need to get into the store or whatever it is, or you're going to a park or a zoo, you know, it's okay to, um, kind of move forward, with, with confident momentum. I hear you don't want your shoes on, but we have to get in there. We have people we're going to meet. I'm going to put your shoes on so we can go. And again, like that, like we talked about in episode seven, support them emotionally and just understand that for them, they're really unhappy about it. And, um, and, and just give them that empathy. Yep. So,
1: yeah. Um, yeah. And that, and that I think ties into our next, Uh, point, which is only hold limits, only make limits that you can physically hold. Yes. Yes. Um, Which is a great one. Um, So I think uh, so so
0: often uh, uh, one thing that comes to mind that I hear parents do a lot is they try to control what their child says. So um, they might try and control the words that are coming out of their child's mouth but that's not really something that we can uh, we ha- we have control over. <laughs> we have control over what comes out of our own mouths, and um, your child is going to learn very quickly that that you cannot actually enforce language. So that that's one that's on yeah. the top of my mind right now.
1: Um, yes, every time we try to make a limit that we don't actually have control over and a child challenge, challenges us, then it turns into a power struggle and the child learns that we don't actually have control. Um, and then our only recourse is to try and use punishments and rewards to get them to cooperate as best as possible. Some kids are going to, to do that like there's some personalities like, that'll work um other personalities it does not and it backfires and it gets worse and you have to escalate and then n- n- no one wins um yeah i would even
0: argue that in the event of of um if you let's say you're bribing your child to stop saying something and it's working i would actually say that that it's not really working but or it's i guess it's working for you temporary but it's not probably. it's temporary yes yeah. and your child wants the thing that you're whatever you're bribing them with probably um or maybe they don't want the thing like let's say you're bribing them by telling them they can have m and but they or they won't do it because they don't want to time out whichever method you're using but yep. um that can oftentimes escalate to something uh, that you're getting yourself into something that you may not be able to follow through on in the future because they're going to say yep. not m m's this time
1: well, or and not well also you you gave them something you you they just learned that there's something that they can do that you actually can't control and they will probably end up using that in the future <laughs> So if they're really upset, they're going to do that thing that you can't control. And so you've, you've kind of given them power when you do things like that. So if you can ignore it as much as possible, maybe you can talk about why you would prefer something else. That's okay. But um, never make it a limit. If you cannot control it, if you cannot actually control it, then, then don't make it a limit because then you're giving up power.
0: Yep. Yeah. Um, so, and you kind of touched on it a second ago. So what do you do? What do you do when, let's say for the example of language, um, what do you do when your kid's saying something you don't want them to say? Let's say it's a naughty word or it's uh, they're saying something that's kind of mean or offensive to someone, um, someone, you know, you're worried that your child might offend someone. Um, what do
1: you do? Yes. Um, I try to focus on the emotion behind the words, because usually when they say things like that, it's coming from a, a place like with strong emotions, like they're really upset. Um, if it's them just experimenting with a word, like I said, like like I, I, I curse sometimes. And I remember uh, my oldest, when he was like two at the time, we were in the stroller and I dropped something and in just the cutest, sweetest little two-year-old voice, he was like, sure, perfect context. Like it made sense in, the con- in, in what we were doing. Um, and I just thought to myself, okay, I need to stop saying that around my kid. If I don't want him to say it, I need to stop saying it. So that's an example of us modeling what we want to see. Um, and then if it's uh, something like I hate you because they're upset, then I would try and focus on the words and I would restate how I think they're feeling in the words I would prefer to hear, which would be, I hear you're really mad at me or I hear you're really mad. um, Is it because of this? And we talk about that, but I try to um, ignore the words, focus on the emotion and then figure out what the root causes because the words aren't really the problem. It's trying to figure out how to solve the other, the root problem that's, (laughs) <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, that makes sense. Yeah. I love that. It's a, it's more about getting to the, to the bottom of why your child is, is made saying what they're saying. They know that these words have power. They are either experimenting and they're actually looking for how we're going to react or they're saying it because they feel something really strongly and they're trying to get a point across and they want you to pay attention. And so I would say, figure that out. Like, oh, you sound really upset. Let's say they're saying something um, like, I hate the babysitter. They're ugly. You know, uh, you can always um, say, uh, you seem upset that the babysitter's here right now. Um, I hear you. That's really hard. I've got to go, you know, they're going to keep you safe and you can kind of just keep moving forward or if you have time to actually listen to them um that's 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 what it's probably is going on for them there's something there that's not um doesn't feel quite right for them they're angry or yes. upset
1: and um, and if we if we think about it and like we'll kind of empathize with them um, we get in these situations too, where sometimes we say things that we don't mean. And um, it's nice when we're with people who don't hold that against us and think like, wow, you don't normally say things like that. What's going on? Do you want to talk about it and um, not, not focus on the words? And then you focus on the deeper issues and then you can actually work on something. It's nice. And with kids too, it helps them feel um, loved unconditionally, right? We don't, wanna think, we don't want to think that there's pieces of ourselves that are unlovable. Um, yeah. and, uh, kids really need to know that too. It helps them feel more secure.
0: Yeah. You
1: know, the, the adults around them love them no matter what, even when they make mistakes.
0: Great point. Great point. Cause we all do. We all yeah. do. <laughs> and our kids know that because they, they probably learned those things that they're saying from us. you know, whether it be because we got cut off in the car and they're sitting in the car seat and you say something nasty about that person or whatever it is they learn. I mean, yeah, they can learn it from other, other influences in their lives too. But let's face it. We, I think we can all, um, admit that we've, we've made slip-ups in front of our children plenty of times and we give ourselves grace and we should give our children grace too.
1: Yeah. And we also, I think sometimes kids say things because they might have heard it somewhere and they repeat it, but they don't even necessarily know what it is. Yeah. So by yeah. reacting strongly to that, like we're showing, like <laughs> I'm sure it's very confusing for them. Um, so yeah, just kind of take it in stride. If you if you need to ignore it and step away, um, that's great. But I would go into it with that that neutral curiosity.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's empathy. Empathy. Hmm. Yeah. We seem to always keep coming back around to that. So that's a big piece. It's a big piece. Yeah, we'll have to do a nice deep dive on that sometime. But
1: yeah. Um, well, it's. I mean, it's a big. It's a big piece in all human int- interactions.
0: It is. It is. Yeah. yeah. Um, Well, on that note, I think we'll wrap this episode up. Uh, you can send us uh, your questions questions at parentingtrapcom Com. Um, you can always, um, I try to keep up on the YouTube comments. So sorry if I've uh, slipped, if you guys have commented and I've kind of haven't gotten back to you quickly. I'm trying to keep up on it and um, we will see you guys soon. Like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. That's right. (laughs) Thanks a lot guys.